This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome. Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Thank you. Thank you, New York Comic Con. This is Star Talk. We're going to. So we're going to actually record a live episode of Star Talk right now. So we have three segments, and we'll pretend like we take a break, but we're not actually going to break. We'll just go straight into the next segment, and you'll know how to play along with that. So uh, let's get this party started. Okay. So here we go. Welcome to Star Talk Live at New York Comic Con! Tonight's topic, we're talking about human augmentation. And before we begin, let me bring out my trusted co-host, professional comedian, Chuck Nice. Chuck, come on out here, dude. Where is he? Chuck. Chuck, there you go. Hey, Neil. Hey! What's up, Comic Con? Nerds rule! <laughs> and, and we have Matthew Liao, a professor of bioethics at New York <laughs> University. Come on out! 
And the whole point of this entire episode will be pivoting on the knowledge and expertise of the one, the only, Mythbuster, Adam Savage. Adam! Dude, have a scene. Hey, nerds! <laughs> How's your con going? Dude. Dude, so... J- j- whoa. <laughs> they asked me to ask you to raise your mic a little. That, that was a Comic-Con gasm right there that we heard in the, in the 10th row. Uh, so we're going to be talking about sort of human augmentation. And I just want to say, uh, you... What... what Matthew, what do we mean by human augmentation in your field? Because you, you think about this. Yes, in your field, not like in L.A. <laughs> okay, no. So to augment is to sort of add something, add some sort of capacity. So human augmentation is where you're adding some sort of um, additional capacities to uh, our organism. And they're different kinds. Cars, telephone. So we've been augmenting human bodies ever since we've had technology. That's right. Okay, so uh, when I think of augmentation, there's a traditional sort of a Comic-Con sense of that where you might have uh, an exoskeleton or some sort of mechanical extension of the body. That would be one branch. That's right. Right. How about uh, if I'm chemically enhanced, is that also an augmentation that you think about? That's right. So there are drugs that you can take. Uh, there are people taking maybe taking <laughs> smart drugs. I like the way you say There are drugs you can take. Like this is a, a new discovery in yeah. the field. Yeah. Wait a minute. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I, and, and so, and then there's also uh, any talk of the marriage of the technology with your human physiology. That's right. So these are three sort of major branches there, would you agree? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, okay, so Adam, you've, you build stuff. You've been doing this your whole life. Yeah. So you are, you are human augmenter prime. <laughs> sure, with a high school diploma, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Diplomas mean nothing here. It is what clearly. You- <laughs> uh, so I, let's just just get straight out here. If we're going to talk about augmentation, uh, and we, we're going to think about superheroes, we're kind of down to only two in that category. Arguably, also my two favorite superheroes. Me too, I think. I th- we're talking about Batman and Iron Man. Uh, Batman and Iron Man. Those are my two favorite because their 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 secret power is their brains. And they're human. Yeah. Yes. Well, we got some people taking issue with this app. Well. <laughs> yeah, we, you can't express that strong an opinion in front of this crowd. That's all I'm saying. But, so, but they clearly have augmentations to their bodies in some way or another. I, I think it's more they have augmentations to their bank account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, you're bringing up... There's a poster that shows all of the philanthropic giving that Bill Gates has undergone in the past, like, 20 years, you know, right. $30 billion, and that, by conservative estimates, he's saved over 6 million lives. This is as of a few years ago. Right. And at the bottom, it says, suck it, Batman. This is how a billionaire saves people. There you go. Oh. Yes. <laughs> but does he have a utility belt? <laughs> if... If Bill wanted a utility belt, I'd make him one. Uh, If if Bill wanted a utility belt, I'd be it for him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so let me ask Adam, what 
how do we define super in this regard? Well, is Batman a superhero? He can't fly. He can't, there's a lot of stuff he can do. Yeah, the, uh, where you, where super gets into the realm of the fictional is in both of the Batman and Iron Man augmentations. Because Iron Man's exosuit, while in any small piece of it, is somewhat possible or plausible that there are mechanical linkages you could build that would be self-perpetuating and give you all sorts of extra strength. The idea that it would work without flaw repeatedly is an absolute fantasy. I mean, or, or one might say a myth. <laughs> That's uh, no longer my job. <laughs> but I mean, there's there's a reason NASA has never used cables to assist astronauts in their grip or their ability to move the suit because they engineers at NASA, as brilliant as they are, understand that extra moving parts is extra things that can go wrong. So you're saying there are a million ways Iron Man's suit would fail, and the movies don't show any of them. Hardly. No. Right. And Batman 2. I mean, I have actually tried to build a device that shot a cable into a wall that you could hang off of. And then I talked to the an agency that tried to build one of these for the government. <laughs> and they failed in exactly the same way I did. Okay, I, I'm old enough to remember Batman in first run on television, and when he had that little device, you know, the gun that shoots the, the, the dart, I gun. said, how does that dart stay in the wall? That's like not <laughs> happening. Actually, what I not, use... Not happening. No, and wait, see, you got me started on it. Then, <laughs> then they throw the thing up and then climb up the wall. And I said, they're not climbing up a wall. They're just walking along a flat thing and they tip the camera. Because the guy sticking the head out of the window is that, that they, all the angles are wrong. And I knew this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I feel you, brother. You feel, you feel my pain. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, so here's my point. You have these, uh, in the modern Batman, he's got, it's really kind of an exoskeleton. Yeah. Uh, not an exoskeleton, uh, a, a, a body armor, I guess, is what yeah, you would call it. Yeah, it's segmented body armor. And so is this, so, so if between the two of them, who, who do you think would win? Oh, Batman. Oh, no. <laughs> Understand. No. No. Uh. Okay, quick vote. My uh. I think Iron Man will win. Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Tony Stark for life, baby! <laughs> yeah, you're outnumbered, so you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, one person. I appreciate it. <clears throat> My thinking is, is that Iron Man would be like, I'm going to punch... And then he can't move, and Batman's like... <laughs> Okay, the reason why I like Iron Man better is because he builds his own stuff. Whereas Batman has, he's got like other people who do it for him. Well, Wayne Industries. Wayne Industries. Yeah, that's Wayne. who builds all his stuff. Uh, technically, that's Wayne Enterprises. Uh, true. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> you are correct, sir. <laughs> so, uh, are there any real life examples of exoskeletons used in the world? Yeah, so the military's been uh, creating these exoskeletons for soldiers. I think, uh, Adam, you probably know about them. Thank you. <laughs> and um, they're prosthetic limbs for people who are disabled. Um, and how are they working the way 
like Luke's hand worked in Star Wars? I mean, <laughs> you know, where you look at the thing. I mean, how, how, are we there yet? Let me ask that question. N not yet. Not can, yet. Can I bring this back, though? Yeah. Like, is there, there must be an attachment that someone who has no arm below the elbow has asked a prosthetist to make, and the prosthetist has said, no, I'm not going to make a I'm not going to graft a 45 caliber pistol onto the end right. of your prosthetic. <laughs> right. Or a buzzsaw for a fist. Yes! <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that's where we're talking about. That's, that's an ethical problem that the constructor has with the goal of the person who needs the device. That's right. That's right. So, um, I mean, right now they're just doing it mainly for treatment for people who are injured, right? Uh, so that they can move about. But uh, eventually, you can think of, you know, you can sort of add more things to it. You can add weapons, you can add swords. I would totally do that. <laughs> laser pistols. You want to be like a Swiss army knife oh. human. <laughs> my, my son, my, one of my sons once asked me when he was Is about it thing one or thing old, two? Thing one. Okay. He said, Daddy, the penis is a very special part of your body. And I said, yes, yes, you're right. And you're he said, because all children are jailhouse lawyers, he said, is it more special than a foot? And you should have said, son, just wait 12 years. <laughs> here, here was my metric. I thought, well, let's see. If I lost my foot, I could make an extremely usable functional replica of it. Yes, the penis is far more important than the foot. Oh, so this is from the point of view of... Of, of a, a, of of a, a repeal and replace. Of, right. A remodel maker, yes, yes, okay. So. But neurologically, in principle, what, not, what is to prevent us the future we're just not there yet to just rebuild our neurophysiology rather than just our muscles or our skeletons. Yeah, so we're, uh, there's, there's this thing called the deep brain stimulation. So it's something where you sort of insert a thin electrode to your brain. And deep brain stimulation. Deep brain stimulation. And you connect it to a battery pack and you can control it. And actually about 100,000 people in the world today already use it. What are they doing with it? Uh, it's for people with Parkinson's disease, uh, depression, epilepsy, and so on. So they, when they turn it up, they'll sort of stop them from ha having epileptic uh, uh, seizures. Okay, so the funding for that would be driven in the future surely by the sex industry. So <laughs> is there a pleasure center Will you press the button and it'll do the same thing to your brain? Well, um, so the, their sex robots Deep brain Viagra? <laughs> Deep brain. There's a whole swath of the population yeah. that would never leave yeah. their house again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, DARPA, actually the U.S. The uh, Defense, Defense Advanced uh, Project Agency. Research Agency. Yeah. They, um, they're also really interested in, in this technology because a lot of soldiers come back from war with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So they're using the deep brain stimulation to try to cure the, or to ameliorate the effects of depression. So this is just the beginning of what could come. That's right. Uh, so and so in the limit, what do you see it in 50 years, 100 years? Well, eventually, so right now the system, it's, it's called an open loop system. So you control it. You, you sort of uh, control the amount of electricity going to your brain. But DARPA wants in five years a closed loop system. And what that means is that it's going to automatically monitor your brain waves and sort of send signals. So say if you're fighting a war and you get really scared, it'll sort of send electricity to calm you down.
And so eventually we could create super soldiers. Now with that, here's a, whoa. Wow. And that's never going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what could happen there? <laughs> but, but is anybody asking, I'm curious, is like, obviously with technology, we're like driverless cars, bring them on. I'm and all for that, but go on. You're so am I, except that we should... No, I don't have an accept. Is you're not all for it if you're, the rest of the sentence has the word accept in it. <laughs> Do we understand language construction, sentence construction here? I am all for it. Okay. However, <laughs> within humans' adoption of technology, we, there are questions that come. And so are you, is your department sort of working on like, hey, everybody, when you get to this point, you guys should consult us? Yeah. So take self-driving cars, for example. There's a big issue about, so say the car is you know, uh, about to hit five people. And it the can, trolley problem. Yeah, it's the trolley problem. It's so not a problem. And it can, it can veer off and kill you. So how many people would actually buy a car that'll kill you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, having a rough con? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's tough. Costume didn't make it this year. My wig yeah. fell off. But all these, uh, all these uh, uh, sort of AI researchers and programmers, they have to decide like whether to save five people or save you, right? And so that's got to be programmed in. All right, but and, wait, wait. Yeah. So, but there's way more than that. Before yeah, oh. we even get there, I'm thinking. Let me just ask: if you could fix, uh, let's say, congenital problems or some other sort of physical yeah. problem, either from birth or from war or from accident. And, okay, I get that. Are you obligated to do that for everyone? Mm. I mean, so, so, so the reason why I ask is... That guy. There, there are people... <laughs> no, it's a serious point. There are people yeah. who are who they are because of whatever that disability was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Expressing some point of insight, creativity, yep. uh, some sort of compassion. And they've made a life built on everything that they were or were not relative to everybody else. That's like people, so, like deaf people who refuse a cochlear implant. That's right. Because, right, right, because like, they already know how to speak. Someone's here yeah. who did that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, deaf culture is okay. its own thing. It's a thing. Yeah. And so who are you to say? And it's put, no less of a thing than anybody else's. So, yeah. my, so, so my question yeah. back to you yeah. is what is a future where there could be one culture that puts social pressure mm -hmm. on you to conform mm. when there are people figuring out their lives with whatever deck of cards they were dealt. Yeah, so that's a really great question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I think, so I, I wrote a book on human rights and I think that- I tell the title of the book, it's a yeah. great book, great uh, it's, title. It's called The Right to Be Loved. The right to be loved. Oh, that's great. Oh. That almost makes up for you wearing a suit tonight. Right. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that um, for the disabled individuals, we've, um, they have rights just like we do, you know, just like we do. And we have to make sure that, uh, I think our job is to make sure that if they want to, to augment their capacities um, if they want to, but if they don't, if they don't want to have cochlear implants, then that's their choice. But in terms of creating new individuals, I think there we can sort of say, maybe we have an ethical obligation not to create individuals who lack certain what I call fundamental capacities. So these are things like being able to see, being able to hear, being able to walk about, right? So deliberately, 
deliberately creating a child who can't walk. That seems like uh, so. As an ethicist, I think there's something wrong with doing that. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You're creating a child yeah. that can't walk. You're kind of a dick. <laughs> right. But exactly. what if you made them b- let them be born with wheels? <laughs> Look, Wait, did you say with wheels? With wheels. <laughs> okay, it turns out, I think, biophysiologically, it's hard to have wheels. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, if you think that through... No, 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 but... Uh, biologically, <laughs> yeah. you would need something in your body that... that I'm an trying axle. to call... Is an it axle. in one of you the... Need an axle. You need an axle. <laughs> you need an axle. <laughs> but this presupposes that there, like, that we could somehow lessen the suffering by engineering a being. And the fact is, is just as you were saying about handicapped people, is true for everyone. We are all a product of both all the good and bad things that have happened to us. And we all suffer. No one escapes from that. So, okay, a couple people have escaped from that. Um, That strikes me as an interesting question when you talk about, oh, so now that we can engineer kids, that all kids have... uh, 2020 vision and great hearing and excellent physiology that somehow is based on this precept that like somehow they'll suffer less which is really a folly wait wait but continue that there's the all right let's make sure we don't create a kid who can't walk whether or not it has wheels um but then suppose now suppose now we figure out how to give an arm sort of bionic strength to borrow the term and would you start having people amputate their arms so they can get one of these? And then would that be, would we be creating one by one some race of superhumans because we technologically can? I, I always loved the Bionic Woman episode where she's in a race car and the, car, the wheel falls off and she has to put it back on and she reaches up to the lug nut and goes, I would love my arm to be able to do that. Would you, would you amputate your current arm to have that property. Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Whoa. Let, let's ask the ethicist. Is there any ethics involved yeah. in this? So I don't think we have to make that choice. So with the exoskeleton. Well, that's a cop-out. <laughs> no. It is a cop-out. No. But I think people are going to be able to design things where we, can, we can, can jump in just like we jump into cars rather than having to amputate our arms. Like that would be sort of... I see. Uh, Actually, I, I agree with you to go. Yeah. on that. Because in the same way, we're not operating on your brain to insert the elements of a smartphone. The smartphone is at the end of your fingertips, and it serves almost the same function. It's just a little slower. You have to (laughs) tap your fingers instead of having going straight into your cerebellum. But Your there, frontal lobe. There is, a, there is a theory out there about spider webs being an extension of the spider's central nervous system. And if that's true, then absolutely my phone is an extension of my central nervous system. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, the withdrawal I, that I feel when it's not around me lets me know you're right. So. <laughs> and wait, wait, if I want to feel better for a day, I don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to close out this segment of Star Talk live at New York Comic Con. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, 
who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk. Code startalk. Mythbuster Adam Savage with a book coming out next year. What's it called? Don't Give Guns to Robots. Good title. I love that title of that book. Uh, Matthew, you had a book a couple of years ago. We we discussed it in the first segment. The Right to Be Loved. The Right to Be Loved. That's beautiful. It's also a Carla Mae Jepsen song. Oh, right. No, I don't think so. (laughs) And And please don't forget my book that's out on shelves right now. It's called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. No, (laughs) you lying, Mark. So let's, let's see what genetic engineering does. But before I do that, uh, Matthew, you co-authored a paper 
uh, and apparently was controversial about human augmentation and climate change. Right. What, how, what was that? <laughs> so climate change is one of our, you know, one of the biggest problems that we face today. And a lot of people are talking about very drastic solutions, something called, uh, for example, something called geoengineering. I love it. Yeah. G and give me is, more of it. <laughs> this is sort of just one example, spraying sulfate aerosols into the ozone layer in order to increase the reflectivity of the planet. Clouds. Right. Yeah. And lower the amount and of the, infrared radiation and sunlight coming down to th the... That's right. That's right. But geoengineering seems really risky. We only have one planet, so if you destroy the ozone layer, you end up destroying the whole planet. So I had this... Uh, so in this context, I propose something called human engineering, which is this biomedical modification of human beings in order to allow us to mitigate or adapt to the effects of climate change. So just wait, 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 wait. That's like saying, how do you fix acid rain? Just give everyone an acid rainproof umbrella. What, <laughs> what, why is that a solution? Yeah, so let me give you an example. No! No. <laughs> <laughs> you have to there is no... <laughs> all right, all right, I'll give you a chance. Go. Okay. So large people tend to use more energy than smaller people, right? And they wear out shoes, you know, uh, quicker. They take, it takes more energy to transport them from A to B. So the idea is other things being needed. I don't want to hear the end of that idea. <laughs> This car is steering towards five people. Yeah, exactly. Large people use more resources and energy than small people. So what I propose is that the small people eat the large people. Right. There's no... That it's a problem taking care of itself. So Chuck, that sentence can only end badly. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So you propose... Yes, Matthew, go ahead. Yes, so we should try to have smaller people. Uh, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> Wait a minute, man. I just realized I could have been a doctor. <laughs> So, go ahead. so there's a movie coming out, it's called Downsizing, with Matt Damon, Kristen Wiig, and Christopher Wolf. It's exactly on this topic. So they've taken up this idea, so climate change, and they, are, they want to downsize it, so they want to create small people in order to make more efficient use. The movie's coming out in December. But these are really small people. They're like yeah, 10 they're, inches tall. Yeah. So I'm not talking about that small. I, I don't yeah. think that, you know, it'd be good <laughs> to... Not, not, yeah. not <laughs> you, no, no, this is be too small. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but maybe that, yeah. <laughs> the question is, if you're flying with one, do you have to pay a full extra fare? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> they fit in or your lap. Like a whole group of friends camp out in first class. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a lot of sequels. Yes. <laughs> okay, Matthew, you're completely creeping me out here. So, so, so it's just odd that, you know, rather than reduce your carbon footprint, let's just make small people. That's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, I, how uh, 
you you live with yourself? <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> but you're also so when you when you take that stance, you're taking it not take that stance. When you examine that question, you're mm -hmm. examining. Just to be just to be fair to Matthew, he's an academic. So <laughs> when you're in academia, you explore extremes of theses and see what comes out of it. That's all. So I, I don't want to you know I'm having fun with you here, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's your job to see where that goes so that you will know whether anything should go that way or not. That's right. Because if you don't know uh, what I that think, is... I think we figured that part out. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating that we're talking about this at Comic-Con with this crowd, because yeah. this is a crowd of people that I don't think have all felt normal most of their lives. <laughs> this, is, this is the misfits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the innate problem we have in our minds that I have when I hear that is I love the variety and vari variability uh, of human, of human, of the human experience. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, so Matthew, I, I, both of you are familiar with the, the gene editing that's been going on lately. With CRISP CRISPR. <laughs> yeah. So, so the future of CRISPR, we ought to be able to go in and genetically augment the body putting him out of business because this boy makes stuff in his garage and you go into the body and augment it that way. So my hope for that mm -hmm. is the following. Okay? If Wheels. <laughs> Wheels. Star I've started a thing. <laughs> no, here's why I, I don't think wheels are an option. Because in all experimentations of nature, the human, uh, the, uh, the tree of life has not come up with wheels, okay? <laughs> so, but in principle, we should have access to any feature that exists in any other living thing. Right. In principle. So, so for example, if you have a, a you know, a, a wounded warrior back from a, a missing a limb, you find some gene in the newt that regenerates a limb, you graph that or whatever, I'm just making this up, but how far-fetched is that when you know there are other vertebrates in this world that can regrow a limb? Mm, that's and, awesome. And yeah. so, so I'd like to think that we would have access to all of the benefits of four billion years of nature's experiment on its own. Mm. Is that a fair hope that I can put in the hands of a CRISPR expert? Yeah, that's right. So there's sort of embry embryonic stem cell research, for example, for regeneration. So they can become any uh, kind of cell in your body. Um, and then CRISPR for gene editing. So they, they're already using this um, to edit out, uh, say, HIV, to make an embryo more H HIV resistant, for example. So... And to be clear, we're talking in a fair... I mean, I know politics run the gamut, but we're talking in a fairly... Uh, similar, I think, political spectrum in this crowd at Comic-Con. But what about if someone can edit genes out? I mean, as soon as somebody said they thought they'd isolated a gene for homosexuality, people were calling them saying, how do I make sure my child does not, my unborn child does not have this? Right. So, so there's a whole ethical frontier. Designer there. babies. Yeah. Designer babies. The, yeah, designer babies. So, so what's going on in your, because you're, you're, you're also uh, affiliated with the philosophy department. That's right. At NYU. So, uh, that means you're just a deep thinker about all of this. So, so what, what is, where does that go in yeah. the future? So we have to make an ethical decision about where to draw the line. 
So for the, um, uh, we, need to make a we need to make a decision, <laughs> thank you. Make a decision about how to sort of do designer babies. And what I think is that, so I, earlier I mentioned this uh, thing about fundamental capacities. And so I think we can draw a line, one line can be drawn there where we have to make sure that whatever child we create has to have all the fundamental capacities. I see. So that's the yeah. basic the basic model still has to be intact. That's right. Right. When you get the car, it should have all four wheels and two axles maybe. No, exactly. now suppose I just yeah. suppose I like the basic model of the car, but I just want a leather interior. <laughs> okay. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like so I, I would like a child who has a certain type of hair or a certain kind like basically, you know, like you have a bunch of black parents with little white blue eyed babies or <laughs> or you know, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... so <laughs> yeah, so race, for example, doesn't affect our fundamental capacity. So speak for yourself! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your life. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. So, by that I mean sort of like things like being able to move around, being able to think, being able to uh, hear, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's why it's wrong to try to, um, you know, to edit out genes. Okay, so like, but again, uh, uh, I'm not ever talking about, I, I want to talk about enhancement okay. rather than subtraction of whatever might have been there. Mm -hmm. So if I could go in and edit a gene, if we find such a gene, mm -hmm. that gives you high propensity to great piano playing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because I like the piano, and I invested in one in the household, it, and it's in the nursery now. So it's, <laughs> should, I, should I be prevented from doing that? I don't think so. I think you should be allowed to do that. Okay, so what's interesting is, so, so Richard Dawkins, when posed with that question, yeah. he said, that's probably more humane to do that that make that force a kid to take piano lessons for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, but the way I feel about that is, you should be able to do that. I agree with you, but it should only be within what's in your particular gene line. So, for instance, if there is a propensity for playing the piano somewhere in your gene line, it's in there somewhere. It this, just wasn't passed to you. This is the movie. It's like a Gattaca. switch you turn on. It's a switch you turn on. This so is the movie Gattaca, to... where they say, "We're, we're not creating." A, a, we're not creating some other you. We are we're making the, the best, best you. of all genetic pools between you and your mate. And Is that's what we're putting in. But you know what they, one of them, they, a person played the piano and it was really beautiful. And, and when they where were done, they had six fingers on each hand. Oh, yeah, that's right. Genetically That's coded. right, because she had that gene and they activated it so she could play songs that nobody else could play right. with six fingers. Six fingers on each hand. Oh, my God, I want six fingers so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to learn to count in base 12. <laughs> yes, are you prepared for that? Yeah. But does, we started this discussion about gene editing by talking about enhancements to a basic model, but this presupposes... Well, just, I just got to go there for a second. Yeah. Of course, our timekeeping is base 12. You're correct. We get to 12 and then we start over again. Yeah. Because base 10, you get to 10 and start over again. So base 12 is not all that. Babylonians had a little bit of that in them. They were base 60 and base 12 divides easily into 60. You the only dude I know who bring up Babylonians and math at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> 
So what, what are we saying? I was saying that when we talk about enhancing a basic model, this presupposes that humans as a species could potentially decide upon what a basic model mm -hmm. is. Okay. And I think that sounds possibly like folly. I can imagine every iteration of weird, bizarre, messed up ideas about what cog constitutes a basic model of human. <laughs> Did he say you? Wheels. 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 All right, let's, we got to bring this segment to a close. Clearly. <laughs> You've been listening to Star Talk Comic Con Live. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring, or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash Star Talk. Visit IXL.com slash Star Talk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Airwick Scented Oils for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Hmm. Transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. New York Comic Con, start talk. Adam Savage, a Mythbuster, singular. Former, former, former Mythbuster, Mythbuster singular. Yeah, I know it's a mouthful. 
And, and we have Matthew Liao, did I pronounce that correctly? That's yes, a professor of bioethics, New York University, co-appointed at the Department of Philosophy, deep thinker on all matters, and I love the title of your book, Why We Should Be Loved. Did I get that right? The right to be loved. The, the right, right to be, be loved. loved. <laughs> you you have the right to remember a title. I know, I know, you got it. And Chuck, we love you always. Let's take a look at what we might want to do if we uh, augment ourselves for survival purposes, rather than just to have fun, maybe, now, don't talk about little people again, okay? <laughs> don't even go there. Uh, so, if, if you wanna go, if, if we're gonna go to, if we're gonna, if we, if we find out that space requires a certain kind of physiology. Bioluminescence. I've been thinking about that the whole time. <laughs> but wait, if I could augment humans for survival, I would allow our stomachs to digest cellulose. Oh, that's the end of hunger. Right. End of hunger. Boom. Yeah, cellulose has, has calorie content just like any other carbohydrate does except we, we have no enzymes to dissolve it. And, and, but it could have alternative consequences, okay? Like pieces of grass in our poop? Um, <laughs> that my wouldn't dog. be the worst of the problem coming out of your butt. <laughs> because as you start digesting cellulose, the byproducts, mm. the anaerobic byproducts are high in methane, for example. And so uh, any room with this many people in it is an ignition risk. Um, <laughs> or or a, a, a vital source of rocket fuel. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. Uh, so, but I, I, I agree, uh, if you create an enzyme for the stomach, that'll digest cellulose. And Matthew, any ideas about how, how we might take ourselves into the future so that we can survive on a tiny planet with gazillion people? Yeah, so be more heat resistant, uh, be able to absorb water better, re water retention, uh, oxygen, for example. Sort of do you think we can, again, it's in the animal kingdom, it's in the, in the yeah. tree of life, do you think we can ever create photosynthesizing skin? That'd be a useful property to have. Chlor right, you could, would eat less. I, I don't think it's enough surface area mm -hmm. to drive the, the two million calories a day that you need. Um, <laughs> Unless you're smaller. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> Touche. He, play, he plays both sides of the fence. <laughs> you know this is Neil's show, right? <laughs> and just to be clear, 2,000 food calories is a capital C. That's 1,000 physics calories. And so 2,000 food calories is 2 million calories. That's, what? what? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Is that like the fudging that they do where the chocolate milk says secretly, five servings? <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's a different thing going on. Um, yeah, so one calorie that, to raise one gram of water one degree Celsius, that's, um, uh, okay, so uh, one food calorie is a thousand of those. Oh. Yeah. So as a measurement of heat, is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, I, I, it slipped out, I'm sorry. But <laughs> we can go back to food calories if we want. So, so that would be one thing you might put in the, in the physiology. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Wings, ooh. Uh, okay, but if you read my tweet. So wheels, yeah. So, <laughs> they see so, me so here's the thing. Would you, I got a good one for you, all three of them. Good. If you could have wings at the expense 
of having hands with an opposable thumb, would you? No. 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 Yeah, you ever see cool. a bird try to turn a doorknob? <laughs> it is not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, she said get rid of doorknobs. Okay, yeah, yeah, just get rid of doorknobs. <laughs> That's her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just because there's no example of life on Earth where they have four limbs plus a set of wings. You got to give something up to get your wings, as was accurately done in the dragon in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you yeah. saw it moving along. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you didn't notice it? You didn't yeah, read I, my tweet? I had a whole set of tweets on this. Where were you? I, <laughs> you presuppose that I can read, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> this is, Neil, you are the physical embodiment of the word actually. <laughs> no, not to, no, I, I'm, I'm, I think I, I mean that are, in the highest No, place. you don't. <laughs> <laughs> not even. <laughs> um, so, so uh, tell us in the future, what is the laboratory of the future for the superhero of the future? If you're going to go beyond Batman, Superman today, can you dream this up? Is it all biology rather than physical toys? I don't, I think it's going to have to be both biology and physical toys because we keep on enhancing our ability to use technology. And if there's one thing that's, that's consistent about humans is we don't think about it before we do it. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, it's in our nature. Oh, new thing. Let's try it out and see how wrong it can go. Oh, wow. That wrong. Okay. Let's keep on going. <laughs> Unless it killed you, then you get the Darwin award. Yes. Okay. <laughs> or so, at best the Ig Nobel prize. The Ig Nobel prize. Right. So, so, Matthew, what is the future laboratory? Is it all biology, CRISPR, gene editing, do you think? I think it's going to have to be mixed, right? Sort of a bit of biology, a lot of computing, AI, artificial intelligence, and the hybrid. Right? In this crowd, like you don't have to cars. say AI is artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. You realize this. Okay. So, Are you yeah. afraid of AI? No, uh, they <laughs> They're distributed widely. So I am scared of AI. I think that um, at some point they already beat the world's uh, best Go player last year and they're going to get way smarter. And at some point... And by the way, it beat the world's best Go player with an ingenious strategy that had never been previously imagined that's by humans. Right. That's right. right. So it wasn't just doing what humans do but better than other humans. That's right. Get ready for your robot overlord. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's going to be... be sweeping the robot's floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's going to be one of the big, biggest issues that we're going to have to face is there are going to be these really super intelligent beings that are not human, and how are we going to survive in that context? So does that put him out of business making stuff? Because everything he makes is controlled by the human that wears the, the, the suit. Oh, I'll still be making stuff. It'll just be for our robot overlords. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have those bearings done by Tuesday, M17545. <laughs> No, it'd be funner if the AI said, call me Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> call me Freddy, little man. So, Chuck, are you afraid of AI? Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid of so many things. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that, um, that I'm not afraid now. I'm afraid of the person who will actually free AI because I think that we will never give AI the ability to make the kind of decisions that we won't let it 
because we're in control. At some point, though, there will be a singularity, and either someone will come along and cause that, or the machine itself will go, hey, you know what? You ain't the boss of me. And that, <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. Well, see, uh, this America. <laughs> I can, like, kick it in the... I can unplug the machine, I'm thinking. Okay, but as an AI, I kind of anticipated that. <laughs> I bought all the AA batteries. <laughs> They're screwed, human. Uh, give me a, a final reflection on this evening. What do you have? Uh, I think of AI, in one sense, I'm really scared of it. In another sense, it might be, look, we are already a colony in which 99% of the cells in our body are not human in origin. We are a biome. We are a colony. And it may be that the goal of biology is to create ever larger sentience. It might be that our planet, that Gaia really is an overall intelligence, and the singularity is simply humans' extension of their consciousness to the size of a planet. An AI planet. AI planet. Matthew. But you got to remember, he's working for the overlords. <laughs> yeah, he just admitted that earlier. And then, uh, Matthew, what do you have? Yeah, so one of the issues is going to be whether we are going to survive into the future, right? That's the identity question. But another issue is going to be whether humans will survive. So we might survive as sort of in cyborgs or other forms, but the humanness might not survive. So we might have to make a choice between us surviving and human surviving in the future. Whoa. Damn. I don't even know if I understood what you just said, but it sounded really deep. <laughs> do we survive or do the humans survive? <laughs> well, he is smaller. <laughs> Chuck, any reflections? Um, I'm just really looking forward to tiny people. <laughs> My job is done. <laughs> Me too. So, uh, when, when I look over the and last... And wheels. And wheels. <laughs> when I look over the last several centuries, since the Industrial Revolution, and you see machines replace human physiology and animals for mechanical work, and we adapted to that pretty well. Um, few people lost their job, others gained jobs. Societies grew, economies grew, productivity grew. Um, the IT revolution saw the exchange of human intellectual um, computational powers with that of a computer, uh, as well as mechanical abilities with robotics. And so we seem to survive that pretty well. Uh, uh, robots make our cars. It makes almost everything that we care about. And no longer is it, well, this is handmade. You say, I don't want that. It probably has flaws. You know, we're in an age where a machine-made thing mostly is better than a handmade thing. In most cases, that wasn't how it was way back when I grew up. But that's the world that we've, we've created for ourselves. And so when we think of what machines can do, your lifeblood that next transition, I think, is what cyber can do, what genetics can do. That is, I think, the next evolution of this, what can it do for me lately? And I'm, 
I am fearless of AI for the following reason. I don't see people making humanoid robots. That's not what we have done. If you look at old shows from the 50s and 60s, and they had robots, and then they have the robot to drive the car. No, the car is the robot now. You don't make a robot to drive your car. So our usage of the, not only the machines, but the AI that's a part of it is very specifically tasked for exactly what we need, when we need it, and why we need it. And so as we go into the future, I see our lives being transformed, but not because AI has become our overlord, but because we actually, yes, I know those risks that we face as well, but I see a future where AI serves us the way machines and computers have served us to this day, and perhaps we carry forward into the future the wisdom necessary to do right by AI lest AI get really pissed off <laughs> and decide that Earth is better off without us all. That is a cosmic perspective. You've been watching Star Talk at Comic-Con New York City. Adam Savage, Matthew Lau, Chuck Nice. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a production of Star Talk. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.